Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today's cool fact of the day is several studies of large populations indicate that up to 38% of people have experienced at least one precognitive dream, meaning a dream where they saw something that happened later. And more than 70% of people have experienced deja vu, which could have been caused by a precognitive dream, but was probably just caused by an overlap of your short-term and long-term memory, creating the sense of experiencing something before, even if it actually didn't happen. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. And today's guest is Dr. William Pollock, also known as Bill. Bill's a Baltimore-based family physician who lives and practices holistic medicine. And I got to know Bill because he was on my Creative Live series, and he's one of the foremost experts in using magnets, specifically pulsed magnetic therapy or pulsed electromagnetic field therapy for healing and even for improving performance. Bill's also been on Dr. Oz and really knows what he's talking about. I've been using the devices that Bill works with 
for a while to improve my healing time, to improve my sleep, and just for muscle soreness. And I'm really intrigued by the research about how pulsed electromagnetic fields, when the right ones are applied properly, can have noticeable effects on how you perform, not just healing, but actually like sports performance, which is really cool. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, You are most welcome. How did you get started in your practice, and how did that become an interest in magnetic fields? Well, you know, I've been practicing family medicine for probably, I would say, 20 years, 30 years almost at that time. And, you know, after you've practiced for a while, you begin, at least some physicians and myself, began to question what I was doing and whether what I was doing was good enough. I call myself an unhappy doctor. I'm not happy unless I'm solving your problem. And I realized that the the tool chest that I had was really very inadequate. And on top of that, I was hurting people. So for example, um, most of the time back then, 20 years ago, the, the most important tool that I had available to me to help my patients was ibuprofen. And I had a number of patients admitted to the hospital with GI bleeding, gastrointestinal bleeding, gastric bleeding. Many, several of them almost died, all in the name of pain management. I was giving them ibuprofen for their knee pains or their back pains. And I said, this is a stupid idea. What's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over, hoping for different results. Different results, right. So I said, no, obviously the house of medicine doesn't have the tools that I need to be able to help my patients without hurting them. So I decided to study acupuncture. And I learned acupuncture through the UCLA program for doctors for acupuncture. And while I was doing that, that was 1990. In 1990, acupuncture was basically still taboo. Stay yeah, away from Voodoo, it. right. Right? It's not, so, it's not anymore, yeah. but you know, it was then. So I was looking for alternatives to, act, to putting needles in people. And I realized or discovered that the Eastern Europeans and the Chinese, the Oriental cultures, Koreans, Japanese, had been using magnets. So I started looking into the magnets, I started using magnets, and I I started really questioning what the magnets are doing. And when you put a magnet on an acupuncture point, what's it doing? And the more I studied it, the more intrigued I became by the basic science behind it. And there was a substantial basic science. There was very little clinical science, but there was a substantial basic science. I said, well, this is very intriguing. There is actually a mechanism. There's a reason that it works. And so so I started working with different kinds of magnetic systems, uh, whatever happened to be available at the time. And in the U.S., at least back then, we had very few magnetic systems that were pulse magnetic field systems. Most of them were what we call static magnets, you know, the permanent magnets. And they didn't work very well. They worked, but not very well. I've used them for for years. I've tried to use them. I've bought the nice magnets, powerful things. I never could tell a difference from regular magnets other than one at the back of my skull with slight differences in sleep. But it was to the point where I I never found enough efficacy to use them on a continued basis. Well, and you you have to get into very powerful (laughs) magnets, which are basically research magnets, to really have a powerful effect from static magnets. So, But the Eastern European literature had a lot of discussion about pulse magnetic fields, but it was written in the Eastern European languages, Russian, Czechs, you know, Polish, Ukrainian, and so on. So one time I was at a meeting where I was on the stage with a guy talking about magnetic therapies, and he happened to be uh, a medical director for um, magnetics 
in the Czech Republic. His responsibility for the government was to review all applications for magnetic fields and uh, government approvals for devices and so on. So he collaborated. He gave me a manuscript of, of what he had done in terms of reviewing these devices, 30 years of research in Eastern Europe. But it was in Czech English. So he and I collaborated. I completely rewrote the manuscript. And we basically were able to publish a book. And I learned a tremendous amount about how magnetic systems actually work and their history of it. So you, I was no longer blind. Do you speak Czech? I speak Ukrainian. Ah, okay. My, my wife speaks Czech. That's why I was kind of surprised that you could do that. It's such a bizarre language. Okay, so so you you are close enough with Ukrainian and Czech. You, you guys understand each other reasonably well. So you could you could delve into the literature well enough to get it through, and you rewrote it. Well, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. I've been wanting to do things like that because there's so much in Russian uh, and in Czech that I love to read that's just not accessible to me. So you did this how how many years ago? That was over 10 years ago. Okay. Wow. Very early days. It was, yeah, it was right. A long, a long time ago. So that was basically, that really opened the door for me to really make a big impact. And every time I talked to engineers or biophysicists or bioengineers, they could never get how static magnets could possibly do anything, but they got pulse magnetic fields. They understood what the potential mechanisms could be, how that could help the body. And as I said, the, the body of literature, magnet, the literature, I have 30,000 abstracts on how magnetic fields affect biology. Now, hold on, we're just chemical beings. Come on, Th those have to yeah, yeah, totally we're, be a scam, all 30,000. Well, actually, we're not chemical beings. <laughs> I know we're not. We're electrochemical beings. Yes, we're electromagnetically we are. chemical beings. Exactly right. right. But what rules chemistry? Might it be electricity? <laughs> Physics. Yeah. Right, in other words, electromagnetism. Yeah. You can't dock a sodium molecule to a chloride molecule without the physics allowing it. So physics controls the chemistry. Magnetic fields are physics. Okay, so they work on a, a different set of principles, and the end result of that application becomes changes in the chemistry, which become changes in the physiology, which becomes changes in the tissue. So there's a cascading series of events that happens by the application of magnetic fields to the body. That's, so that's how I got started. And then it started to replace a lot of the things I was doing. I finally found a tool that was actually better than acupuncture, I thought, because magnetic fields, two things that magnetic fields do, they do stimulate acupuncture points and meridians. Because when the magnetic field passes through the body, it actually stimulates the points and the meridians, which are an electrical system in the body. And that's been proven. It's a DC current system. So when you have electrical currents and magnetic fields, they do interact. That's Faraday's law. It's basic principle of physics. And so now we have a mechanism. We have a reason why it could possibly act on the body. And, but it does more. Because it goes through the individual cell, so it's doing not only acupuncture, it's also stimulating the individual cells in the path of the magnetic field. So you're able to operate on larger physiologic systems, but you're also able to operate at the level of the individual cell itself. Those are some pretty big claims, but like you said, 30,000 abstracts. How many of those abstracts are from Western scientists? A lot. Okay. Actually, a surprising amount. Um, I would say probably 40%, 50% actually are from Western science. Why does the average person who graduates from medical school not get, well, let's put it this way. Does the average person who graduates from medical school today get any training in this stuff? And if they do, do they get more or less than they get in nutrition? <laughs> 
I think they get more in nutrition than they do in biophysics. That, that is so shocking on one level and, and because it's so far from how it should be. On the other level, it just says how much the pharmaceutical companies have influenced the chemical view of medicine versus, I would say, a more holistic view that says chemistry matters, hormones matter, but so does our electromagnetic environment. Well, even if you take acupuncture as an example, um, there had we had to convene a Congress in probably about eight years ago. The U.S., the NIH, put together a meeting, a Congress, looking at the evidence, scientific evidence, to prove that acupuncture needles were no longer experimental. <laughs> and then from that point forward, the NIH and the FDA said acupuncture needles are not experimental. They're okay to use for the following conditions. And they had an approved list of conditions, which were actually ridiculous too. But, you know, at least at least they were no longer experimental. Wow. So magnetics is way far behind even that. It's funny that I, I've always been attracted to the things that work best in the least amount of time. And things that work on a broad array of systems at the same time are more important than things that do one tiny point, as long as you're getting both effects. And I, I've certainly experienced that with the pulse electromagnetic fields that I've experimented with, going from the really big, you know, twenty thousand dollar units uh, down to you know, the handheld one that that you and I have worked with, uh, which uh, we link to in the show notes and in the the podcast notes and transcript and all for this. We'll put lots of links in for the Soma Pulse, but it's uh, it's phenomenal how how the different systems in the body respond when you do this. What are some of the experiments though that people have done where they've looked at what these do, like like the most shocking or unusual or phenomenal outcome experiments that you've come across in those 30,000 abstracts. Like, I want to know, what are the edges of what we can do with this that we know about today? Well, well, you know, to go back to that question, you asked, why don't doctors know about it? Doctors don't read basic science. Doctors don't have the time, the wherewithal, even the inclination uh, or even the basic understanding. I mean, you do basic physics, you do biophysics, you do biochemistry, all in the first two years of medical school. After that, it translates into clinical medicine. And you kind of, that just serves as a foundation, but it kind of gets hidden in the basement of the house, right? From that point forward, basically what you're doing is looking at the clinical science. And there's no money to do the research for the clinical science with magnetics. So in my book, we have probably 90 studies or so that talk about the different kinds of studies that were done on humans in Eastern Europe. Since then, since 92, I reviewed additional studies that were all clinical studies, 90, about 95 studies that looked at, that did randomized controlled trials in humans. So there's a substantial literature already yeah. at the clinical level that indicates that pulse magnetic fields work. But if you understand the mechanisms, the basic reasons that magnetic fields work, it blows away the paradigm because now you're no longer stuck in sort of these little narrow niches of what the studies show you. So, so why do they work then? Like, like what are the basic what mechanisms? What do they work? Yeah. There's a lot of theories, and most of it is physics, and we won't bore you with that. But the, what the physiologic endpoints of this are, most of the effects tend to be through what we call the calcium channel. It's the way calcium moves in and out of cells. The calcium channel then affects the sodium-potassium pump, which affects the magnesium flows. And so what you're doing is you're talking about electrolyte flows in and out of cells. They control the viability and the functionality of the cell at a, such a fundamental level. And by controlling that, you improve the cell to be healthier. You wake the cell up. A cell that's injured or dying or is not functioning as well as it should be 
now has all of a sudden got energy. So one of the key things magnetic fields do is they provide energy to the cell. They increase the ATP, which is the basic biological energy molecule in the cell. If a rat is running in a cage and now has 300% more energy, what will a rat do? It's going to do a few more things. Like going to run a lot faster and last yeah. a lot longer. It's really funny you said that. I have two questions for you that I've noticed in my own experiments with uh, pulsed electromagnetic fields. Number one, I had to stop taking nearly as much magnesium as I used to. Uh, because I've been taking about 800 milligrams a day of magnesium in mixed forms for quite a while, and it's had really good effects on muscle cramps and things like that. But when I use pulsed electromagnetic fields regularly, that much magnesium makes me dizzy, and uh, like I, I actually get a little bit short of breath. And I'm guessing it's because I've changed some of those pumps you just talked about. Do you have any theories about why something like that would happen? Well, there's, yeah, there's lots of theories. And as you said, there are interactions. The magnesium and the calcium themselves, they, in, they exchange themselves. And you know you need the proper ratio of magnesium and calcium, right, for it to work properly in the body. So if you have too much magnesium, it will drop your blood pressure. Right. Right. Now, one of the effects of magnetic fields on the calcium channel is to affect nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is the same thing as nitroglycerin. And, you know, nitroglycerin is used for people who have heart disease or heart, heart pain, chest pain, angina. What, what does nitroglycerin do? It opens blood vessels. And what does that do? It drops blood pressures. Yep. So you have a combination effect going on there between those two molecules, magnesium and nitric oxide. Do you know if pulsed electromagnetic fields affect the different types of nitric oxide, like inducible versus endothelial differently? They tend to turn off the inflammatory nitric oxide. Oh, and they turn up the inducible nitric oxide, which is the healing nitric oxide. So the, the inducible nitric oxide is anti-inflammatory. The constitutional nitric oxide is inflammatory. So, uh, you're one of the few physicians I've spoken with who knows the difference. Every, there are guys out there all willy-nilly saying, always take arginine, always take arginine because it raises nitric oxide. But I've found nitric oxide is a double-edged sword. And you get that infl- inflammation because it'll raise enos versus inos so what you found is that with pulsed electromagnetic fields it moves the right nitric oxide in the right direction correct oh that's cool i totally did not know that effect from electromagnetic fields cool and that's another reason why it's so important the inos is very important for healing tissue it accelerates the Mm -hmm. healing process of tissue if you cut yourself if you have a wound or an injury it will heal much faster because of the inos I've definitely had faster healing. I have a a second degree burn from an infrared device uh, about oh that big, uh, you know, the size of oh three three dollar coins or something, and it's it just enough that it didn't need a skin graft, but it was pretty close. And I've been using pulsed electromagnetic fields on it and really having a, a noticeable effect. So like it healed much faster. My wife's an emergency room physician by way of training and she kind of tilted her head and said, that's, that's unbelievable. Like how did, how did it heal so fast? And I'm certain that pulsed electromagnetic fields played a big role in that. Of course, so does the fact that I take upgraded collagen and I do the other bulletproof things. But All of those work together, yeah. no doubt about it. If you had lousy physiology, if you had lousy constitutional energy, if you had poor nutrition, you're, you're trying to, you know, Get a dead horse to, to work. 
Exactly. Well, let's talk about dead horses for a minute here. We, you mentioned mitochondrial health, and a lot of the supplements that I formulate, things like upgraded aging, are around tweaking and upgrading your Krebs cycle, the thing that makes ATP the power plant in your cells. So when you take things right, you can make ATP more efficiently. And I, I kind of turn up my ATP volume as much as I can, assuming that my cells do better when they can make all the energy that they want most efficiently. But I noticed an effect. I, I'll put the, the Soma Pulse on my lower back when I go to sleep and I'll stack the coils so I get the 200 Gauss uh, field. Or is it Gauss, milligauss? That's about right. Yeah, so I'll stack them up under my low back. But when I wake up in the morning, like it has a, a noticeable effect on the physiological reaction that, that men often have when they wake up in the morning. <laughs> so okay. is, is that something that's commonly reported? That's an I, uh, NOS issue. Do you think it's, it's ATP or, or INOS? Well, well, you can't separate. Okay, yeah, fair point. All right, so I I noticed just like like wow, like I'm kind of feeling like I'm 18 again when I wake up, which is uh, you know, which is amazing, and it's not normally an issue anyway. But just just noticing huge differences from one night of going to sleep with with this little thing underneath uh, my sheet is it was a little surprising the first few times, but it's very uh, very programmable. Like if the thing's on, uh, the the soma pulse is on there's an effect. If it's off, the effect is less. So like, wow, is, is one thing to say there. <laughs> and there's probably several different reasons for that. The IONOS is one aspect of it. Another aspect is that it does stabilize the nervous system. They've done studies with people on rocker panels yep. with a magnetic system and looking at their body sway, and they can calibrate and measure that very precisely. And it lowers what- that? A body sway improves dramatically. Wow. In other words, the variation, the amount of sway decreases significantly. So that's the, the other thing that it's going to do by putting it over the spine is it's going to stabilize the nervous system significantly. The other thing it's going to do is improve circulation. It, is that while it's on or just uh, when it's been on? Like does the, the body sway improvement last? It lasts for a little while. It doesn't you know, last like for days and weeks. It's a short-term physiologic effect. I have to show you my new toy. Uh, I just picked this up at the Quantified Self Conference. It's a tiny little sensor that goes on your forehead. It looks really cool. I'll show you. Like, like it, it just goes on like this. But among many other things, it measures body sway. So it's an oh. EEG, an EMG sensor, but it also gives you a nice graph in real time on your screen of how much you're wobbling. So now you just gave me this great experiment. So I can sit here looking a little bit dorky. Um, if you're listening on the radio only, I have this tiny thing about the size of a quarter on an elastic strip stuck to my forehead. And uh, it's an open source device that gives you all kinds of interesting data, still early stages, uh, but it, it's uh, quite affordable. So I'm going to run a little experiment and see if I improve my, my standing stability using the Soma Pulse. That's exciting. And what does, what does that mean when you could do that? Well, when you are more stable, when basically when you sway less, it means that your nervous system is much healthier. It's toned, right? It's mm-hmm. very tuned. It's highly precise. And what does that mean? You don't, you're less susceptible to injury. You're going to be much more accurate in what you do. Your reflexes are going to be faster. Right? Your processing mm-hmm. speed is going to be faster. It, these are kind of big claims for a little device, but I've I've found noticeable improvements to the point that I I've been known to stick a soma pulse in my back pocket and just leave the coils in another pocket. So I'm basically doing my my lower spine. I'll do it all day long when I'm 
not really paying attention. It's, it's just sort of on. But I feel better. I have more energy. And it, it's kind of like an external upgrade versus an internal one. Um, we, should, uh, we should talk about what the Soma Pulse is. And, and if you're listening to this, I asked, uh, I asked Bill if he'd give a discount to Bulletproof listeners on, on the Soma Pulse. And so there's a, uh, if you go to somapulse.com, you can use the code BPE for Bulletproof Executive uh, to get a discount uh, on it. Actually, a very substantial one. Uh, it's so a four hundred dollar discount, which I can tell you, you know, you can get. Yeah, so four hundred dollars is is a a good discount. How much is it after the four hundred dollars, Bill? Nine hundred ninety dollars. Got it. So um, that was kind of one of the the conditions for coming on the podcast. If we're going to talk about a product, since you know Bill makes it and all that. Uh, is that we had to have a big discount. So thank you for offering that to our uh, to our listeners. And We're happy to get it into as many people's hands as we possibly can. Yeah, and it's I, I got to say, this thing is just really interesting. I have uh, actually a less expensive unit with this giant metal thing that weighs like two pounds that I've used. Um, that actually it it disturbs me. I, I feel it like in the chest. I, I actually don't feel great when I use it. And I've used like the really heavy duty ones that come on a little trolley that uh, there's a YouTube video of me with one on my head and you can see, you know, muscles jumping and all that. And those are really strong, but, um, for a small thing, I mean, I take it on airplanes. I wouldn't recommend using it on an airplane, but I do. Do you, you're not worried about interference with air traffic control systems? No, no. If they tell you to turn off electronics, you turn it off. Okay. As soon as they tell you you can turn it back on again, there's no interference. There's no reason that it should be a problem. I guess it's a third the power of a cell phone, right? So it's... It's uh, considerably less. And, of course, it's less irritating. So the signal has less reach. Oh, of course, because it's localized. Well, uh, I've been wanting to use it on an airplane to see what it does for jet lag. Because I, you know, if I get stuck in a window seat in economy, I'm 6'4". And, all right, that's another experiment that'll happen. And, I don't know, so far my experience with this has been quite unusual and it's the sort of biohacking technology that you're not going to you're not really going to hear about in most places for a long time what about sports performance we have a good number of athletes uh, you mentioned on, in creative live that you could use it like on your quads and that would improve exercise output measurably like do you have bike racers with this tucked in their shorts and like you know uh, I don't know, ace bandage to their quads when they're <laughs> when they're doing a mountain. <laughs> How um, does that work? I, I actually have a story of a guy who has raced across the country, across the continent. The race across America, a, okay. Did that 17-day bike race across yeah. the country. Those guys are nuts, by the way. Really, 17, them, like but... 17 hours a day or something yeah, like that on yeah. a bike. A uh, large amount of time. They get very little downtime. And he put it on his thighs. He, put the, he basically wrapped it around his, put it in a little bag mm-hmm. on his neck around his neck, ran the coils down under his pants, his riding pants, put one coil on each thigh in the front. Um, the next, like a week or two after he started that, he beat his best time ever, and he's 60. Wow. He did a 150-mile race, 60. He beat his best time ever, and he did nothing different. It, is this then he allowed? did another race about uh, another two weeks later in Pennsylvania, up and down Hill and Dale, bad weather, and so on, and he beat everybody else. And there were young men in that race. A sixty-year-old beat. beat okay, are these banned by the IOC, like the Olympic Commission? No, because it's not. <laughs> this doping. is awesome. It's not it's doping. Not, all right, now is the time when I wish I was an endurance athlete. Except I want to live a long time, so I'm not doing that to myself. But if I was an endurance athlete, um, this is awesome. You're like, look, I'm not cheating. I'm just electrically upgrading my muscles. Um, 
profoundly cool and um and very but even better though. but even better than that dave the, the the key is is that if you train your muscles to operate at that level of functionality if you go into a race where you can't use it yep you're already going to be better than you were before it's like it's like in batting practice if you you know swing the swing three bats at, at a time and then go up with one bat it's going to feel a lot lighter so, so you can get a training effect at a higher intensity. Uh, exactly. What about power sports like weightlifting? I, I, I would tend to support squats and push-ups and pull-ups and things like that as the most effective forms of getting hormetic responses from exercise, you know, high-intensity intervals. So do people use it like to, to lift more weight? Do power lifters ever stick this in the back of their extra-tight power lifter shorts? Uh, yes, I've heard stories of people who have done that. Okay. So what, what, why? Why does this work? We talked, about, we talked about conditioning the nervous system by putting it over your back. By putting it over a muscle, it increases ATP in the muscle. And in other words, it's called myosin phosphorylation. Mm-hmm. If you increase ATP before you use the muscle, the muscle has more energy stored in it. Yeah. And this is Therefore, not glycogen energy. Work. Just so everyone's Pardon listening, me? this is not more carbohydrate glycogen energy stored in it. This is ATP energy. This is like this gasoline. Is yeah, not something exactly. that converts to gasoline. Okay. It amps it up. And then, so that means the muscle can work longer, it can work harder, and it recovers faster. And if it's injured, it can still work harder during the injury process than it would have before. So any muscle in the body that you're going to be using extra, do a lot of extra work with, including power lifting, exercises, exercise equipment, all of that. You're going to work better and longer and harder, and you're less prone to injury. Those are some massive claims, Bill. Uh, I mean, my <laughs> if I hadn't have already used the thing for long enough to understand that it's having some big effects on me biologically, okay, what do you say to skeptics here? I, I'm actually not a skeptic on this okay, one. Okay, let me tell you, me tell you it, another but, anecdote. Yeah. A friend of mine used to be an Olympic physician. So he was a physician to one of the Olympic teams. Yep. And he was interested in electromagnetics. And he uh, would advise teams on nutrition and various things, including potentially some electromagnetic uh, treatments. He could never understand why our athletes, our Olympic t- teams, when they did tryouts, workouts, or compete, it took them two to three days to recover before they could do another one at the same level of efficiency. But he found that the East Germans and the Russians were back the next day like robots. He couldn't understand that. He said, what are these guys doing that we're, that we're not doing? You mean like steroids? Ha, ha, ha. No, I'm just wondering, like, could it have been no, steroids? Not, apparently okay. not, because they were not supposed to. No, they were tested, knows? okay, got it. <laughs> but what he did, though, is he walked past their camp, and they were laying in tubes. Oh, interesting. They were getting magnetic therapy. Yeah. So they were de- they were improving the health of their muscles right after injury. I find myself when I use my muscles doing things that I'm not used to doing, they're going to be sore. So if I use the magnetic therapy before I do it and then I do it immediately after the exercise, there's no soreness. The soreness is gone almost immediately. I'll give you another example. I did a I was coming back from Calgary. I was in Calgary for Thanksgiving. Coming back in the plane, I had to run from Terminal C, one end of Terminal C, to the other end of Terminal F at Chicago O'Hare. Oh, that's, that's not a, a smaller airport, yeah. With a heavy computer bag. 
Right. So and, we had to run that distance, and we barely made the gate before and, they closed it. And Bill, you're not exactly a young guy. I mean, you've got more more gray in your beard than I do. So you know, most guys. I don't want to say your age because I don't even know your age, but you know, you're you're older than the average. Well, guy. I'm in my, let's say I'm in my mid sixties. You're in your okay. I actually would have guessed younger, but okay. So you're in your mid sixties, and you're basically sprinting across one of the largest airports in North America. Hmm, that's already an achievement compared to the average mid sixty year old, right? <laughs> and when I sat down in my seat. My knee was killing me. I had a sharp pain uh, on my medial tibial plateau. Sharp pain. From the running, clearly. Right? So what happened is I did have a, an ACL tear and a little bit of a, 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 a lateral meniscal tear from a previous trip in an airplane. Um, and when I got home, I didn't have my somapulse with me. When I got home, I put it on, ran it for two to three hours, gone. It, it's really funny you mentioned those injuries. I share those injuries. I have a screw in my right knee, and I have no ACL, and I've had a lateral release on that knee. And I, I use really high current electrical stimulation uh, in order to to build muscle and, and just to increase ATP as well. And when I do that, sometimes I my muscles are so sore. It's unbelievable. And I can use the electricity to pull out some of the soreness. Like you can turn down inflammation with the electricity. But I have a problem on my, my VMO on my right knee. It's always sore and swollen after I, I do like an electrically assisted squat. And this is one of the things I use my soma pulse for too is I put it on either side of the knee and I run it. And I've noticed a huge difference even on top of the electrical, basically anti-inflammatory effects that, that I'm achieving uh, using currents. Do you know of any dangers or other reasons that people should or shouldn't mix you know, electrical stimulation of muscles with magnetic fields? Like, Can they be done at the no, same time? Uh, there's no fundamental contraindication. The issue is going to be, depending on the magnetic system you have, but the solar pulse is unlikely to do this. It could interfere with the electronics of the other system. Oh, it's yeah. Not- yeah, that, that for me isn't an issue because my other system is far enough away. Um, yeah, so it's got to be right, right next to each other, so that's a possibility. Yeah. The only other thing would be if you're relying on frequencies from the other system as opposed to power or intensity. Uh, definitely there's frequencies. I'm doing like 500 pulses a second. You have different frequencies, and they could potentially interfere with each other. But based on okay. what you're describing, it's unlikely that there would be any conflict. And what about uh, electrically grounding yourself? You know, a lot of people use those really expensive earthing mats that are kind of the same as running a wire to any conductive surface. Uh, but uh, if you are doing something like that, and certainly I do, I use a little wristband uh, for earthing when I travel or when I'm sleeping. I usually put it around my ankle. Any reason not to be electrically grounded when you're doing pulsed electromagnetic field work on yourself? I think they're different. Um, some argument, and people don't really know what earthing or grounding really does. Yeah, we're still figuring that out. There's at least two different effects that they haven't sorted through. Okay, and the two that I know of that could be possibly operant is one is you got the static field effect from yeah. the Earth itself. And the second, of course, is that you have the frequencies of the Earth. So if you're grounded into the Earth, the magnetic field of the Earth, but the magnetic field of the Earth is a static magnetic field. So that's not necessarily going to be all that helpful, but you can potentially amplify the static magnetic field of the Earth, which helps to stabilize the nervous system and does other things. The magnetic system is frequency-based, mostly. It's delivering the frequencies into the body using a magnetic field. And so I think, in, in general, they enhance each other. I find that people who have electrosensitivity, who are electrically sensitive due to Wi-Fi and cell phones and house currents and so on, 
when you use pulse magnetic fields, because it increases ATP and stabilizes the nervous system, helps the chemistry, bless you, helps the chemistry of the body, what it does is it strengthens the body so that the body is actually more resistant to external influences. Now, that, that resistance doesn't mean that you're going to negate the effects of the, of the earth. Science, there's science and there's evidence that suggests using different systems, whether it's laser or electrical charge or ultrasound, together with magnetic therapy, actually makes both work better. In Eastern Europe, they're actually using laser and pulse magnetic fields simultaneously. Oh, I, I do that too. <laughs> I, I use a, a, pulsed, a pulsed laser, um, not necessarily right on top of each other because I'm concerned about the circuitry of the laser, but... I'll use them on the same part of the body, um, not necessarily right at the same time. But yeah, they, they seem to amplify each other and they seem to work through different effects. And you get the, the exactly. lasers that also encourage you to recycle ATP more effectively, about 75% more effectively, according to a study. So, I mean, well, if you do this right, you're eating right, you're adding the supplements for ATP, uh, things like upgraded aging, and then you're adding an electrical magnetic effect from the soma pulse, and then you're adding a laser on top of that, and it's kind of like an unfair advantage over someone who you know just had grape nuts for breakfast and skim milk and thinks that they're going to go ahead and you know charge out and, and hit the world and be <laughs> what they can be. It, it, it's not even in the well, same. Well, you universe. know, the East Germans and the Russians discovered that advantage to their advantage. They, they did, and it, it's. It's amazing how much research comes out of that part of the world, and I'm, I'm so interested in you know getting Google Translate to the point where it would be useful for translating that stuff, including all the technical terms, because I'd really like to read more of it than I have. Um, and I, it's so cool that you have. Uh, but we haven't talked about the Schumann resonance. What is the Schumann resonance, and what does it have to do with the form of electromagnetic fields that you work with? Well, the Schumann resonance is, uh, there's a lot of confusion about it. Schumann himself, um, when he, he studied the actual natural frequencies of the planet, and when you look at the science of it as opposed to what's sort of like popular knowledge about it, um, everybody says the Schumann resonance is 7.83 cycles per second. That's the sort of the, 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 the wisdom that we have, if you will, the derivative wisdom. But really, actually, Schumann discovered there were bands. Now, the Schumann resonance is actually created by um, lightning storms around the planet. And it bounces around in the ionosphere. So we live in that envelope between the ionosphere and the surface of the Earth. So a lightning storm in Sri Lanka will be felt in North America within seconds. Yep. Electromagnetically, right? Because that charge moves through the ionosphere extremely rapidly. So you can think that there are hundreds, 200 or more lightning strikes per second around the world. That whole envelope, that ionospheric envelope of all these frequencies are tuning our brains. Our brainwave frequencies are in that resonance cavity of those what in quotes Schumann fields. And they range from about one cycle per second all the way up to about 60 or 70 cycles per second, which is the brainwave frequencies. Yeah. It, right. It's kind of funny, alpha, which is the state we train in the 40 years of Zen neurofeedback training that I bring my clients through, is right there in, in the Schumann resonance. 
So it's kind of funny. Your brainwave is plugged into the reverberations of the planet between essentially the soil and the top of the sky. And it's not just 7.83. They discovered actually in experiments in bunkers in Germany where they shielded the bunkers and they had volunteers living in these bunkers. When they shielded them from the Earth's magnetic field, not sound and light and temperature and all that kind of stuff was shielded, they dysregulated their circadian rhythms. So the circadian rhythms were off by minutes, not hours or days, but by minutes. And when they, when they reintroduced electric fields into the bunker, the external stimuli into the bunker, they discovered that the dysregulation was re-regulated with 10 hertz. Oh, yeah, there's definitely something about 10. Uh, in fact, the Schumann resonance changes over time, too. It, it's been drifting upwards recently. Well, and this, these are experiments were done in the 60s in Germany. So this I don't is... know whether it was 7.83 before, but I think that the SMR, the standard, the uh, sensory motor rhythm in the body is 10 hertz, yeah. which is alpha. Well, I'm... I'm really interested. I mean, what you've just said there sort of says maybe we ought to pay more attention to the negative health effects of the Wi-Fi router next to our bed. Uh, what do you think about that stuff? Totally. Now, some people are much more sensitive to that than others. And I think eventually over time, with all that exposure, we are probably sort of distuning ourselves. There's evidence for that. Uh, there's a, a military system they use that uses electromagnetic fields to basically create biological discomfort and raise stress levels. And it doesn't work very well on Americans, and it works quite well uh, on people in Afghanistan and Iraq uh, because their nervous systems are much less used to electromagnetic chaos right. around them. So, right. so we, we may learn to thrive in a world full of Wi-Fi routers. Uh, do you think it's possible, though, to change our wireless signaling, like especially a cell phone because it's so close to your body? so that it emits healthy forms of electromagnetism that also are useful for communication? Like, can we revamp our infrastructure to increase human performance and still talk to each other on the phone? Well, I, I, suppose, I suppose that could be available. The problem is that you need those frequencies for the communication, the high frequencies. Uh, but it may be that, you know, you don't really need it. If you have your cell phone pasted to your hip, yep. then what you're doing is it's, it's always in a listening mode. Yeah. Which means it's on and therefore emitting. Yes. When it's not actually transmitting, when you're not receiving or sending a signal, then we should be able to design these systems to be more tuned to, you know, the brainwave frequencies. So, so maybe this is a project. All right. Someone listening to this, and we have lots of biohackers out there. I want to see an Indiegogo project, and I'll back it if, if someone wants to do this. Make a case for my iPhone or my, my latest, uh, what is this thing I, I just bought? this Samsung device that says, if you look at the screen, it says it's an iPhone 5 right there on the screen of the Samsung. So I offended two major tech companies right there. I want a case for both of those devices that has pulsed electromagnetic stuff built in. And Bill, maybe you can do this with Soma Pulse, but seriously, why not be dosing yourself with, with the electromagnetic fields when you're using a, a, a mobile device like that? And especially if you could tune it yourself. So in other words, if you're going to be working on a project in the middle of the day, you got to write a paper, you have to study a book or something like that. Well, you may want to have that emission, that's, that frequency to be somewhere around 15 to, to 40 hertz or 23 okay. to 40 hertz. So you're in the beta range. 
Now, when you want to relax, you're sitting down at the end of the day, you're watching TV, you may want to go down to alpha and you can set it for, for running you at alpha. When you're ready to go to bed, then you put it into delta 15 minutes, half an hour before you go to bed and bingo. Because I see this all the time with pulse magnetic fields is people say, I sleep better. Oh, if I, I do it before I go to bed. I certainly noticed the difference there, but but this is also some scary stuff, Bill. All right, if you can, and I, I won't even say if, because I know darn well you can do this. You can use the electromagnetic fields to change the state of someone else's brain, right? You give them noise-canceling headphones that also have a little bit of electromagnetic fields in them. You can take someone and literally make them more susceptible to your advertising message. You can put it in the handles of a shopping cart and literally influence what people do in a store. There's no laws against this. Do any companies use this to influence people? Like, I guess casinos would be the first ones to embrace this kind of technology. Like, Should we be a little worried because an external field like that can be used to change the state of our brains? Well, you know, obviously advertisers have, have know a lot more about <laughs> human behavior than most of the rest of us, right? right. So who knows? So the, the new Google driverless car may have uh, <laughs> may have electromagnetic fields built in to to make you want to click on AdWords. To you to but, buy Google stuff. It it sounds a little bit. In fact, it sounds a lot conspiracy theory ish. But as a a science guy and as a computer security professional, and literally my background is a lot of computer security. I, I naturally think of ways you can misuse a system. And if you can use electromagnetic fields to put yourself in an alpha state, you can also take someone who should be in an alpha state and crank them up into a beta state so they're stressed and kind of tweaking and don't even know why. And I, I'm really concerned about inadvertent use of electrical fields to do that, but also intentional use to do that. But you haven't come across this before. I haven't heard about it. Of course, I haven't been looking, but I haven't heard about it. Okay, so, so this is a an extremely powerful technology from my reading, my research, and my own hands-on guinea pig experiments. Uh, and I think that that we owe ourselves and the world some caution that says these have a biological effect. 30,000 studies talk about this. We know it. it. You cannot argue that there is no effect from pulsed electromagnetic fields. Well, you can argue, but you'll just be dumb. So <laughs> if, if you do that, do make that argument, whatever, you know, you're not going to change. But if you accept that core premise, uh, this this means that we need to start looking at ways to ethically use these and ways to prevent unethical or inadvertent misuse of electrical or pulsed electrical magnetic fields. Um, I'm sure the military has experimented with this. They have to have. And, and also, if they're looking at human performance, which the military is awesome at doing, uh, well, then this gets in the way of human performance, so they're going to become aware of those effects. So... I'm certain that there's an effect. I'm also certain that the soma pulse has a noticeable effect within sometimes a few minutes and certainly overnight, very dramatic effects, which is why you know I, I invited you on the show and, and asked you to provide a, a discount for, for Bulletproof readers. And I, I know we're getting on the end of this, and, and this this show, the whole Bulletproof radio thing, is about as far from, from a, an advertising infomercial thing as, as you can be. Uh, so this is a very substantial discount you're providing, which puts the cost under 1000 bucks. And the code for people is not going to be on the website. You can only get it by listening to this. And the code is BPE, as in Bulletproof Executive, just those three letters. B is in boy, P is in Peter, E is in executive. And uh, Bill, thank you for offering that. I... I'm really a big fan of this. I got one for my wife. Uh, she uses it when she sleeps sometimes. Uh, what about kids, though? I mean, they're still growing. Electro electrical fields and all affect the way children grow and the, the way even their cells differentiate. 
is it safe to use this? You know, if you're a teenager, if you're six, uh, to heal wounds or broken bones or, or just for general sleep? There are magnetic systems that we will be carrying, and you might be interested down the road in this, that will actually be very low intensity, that will be more frequency-based for relaxation purposes for children, et cetera. I think if they're used judiciously in children for specific problems periodically, but not eight or 12 hours a day, preferably. Yeah. Of course, and, if you have a fractured hip or a fractured pelvis, um, or you have a major health issue that's gonna typically be temporary, you're still better off using the magnetic system. You're oh, not going I, to yeah. change the physiology significantly enough that you're going to upset growth or natural development. Yeah, if my right, son so had I would a broken- use it routinely. Okay. Not like you would for an athlete or, or an adult. Because once the body's mature, basically, once we mature, we're degrading already, right? What, so we need that support and help. But children, judicious. What age is the age you'd recommend? I, at 23 is where I, I say, look, don't use modafinil until your prefrontal cortex is fully formed. Like, let your brain do what it needs to do to, to settle in before you start doing uh, you know, some of the, the more advanced things like that. Or what advanced or for extended periods of time, 8, yeah. 12, 16 hours a day, I think. Okay. Is um, 23 I, the well, right age or is it different? Stop growing essentially at 23. Okay. So, so 23 would be the, the first time you look at extended periods. So, all right, there are people under 23 who listen to this. And some of them, like I, would, I was when I was that age, would have been like the most aggressive people. Yes, this is awesome stuff. But like, listen to this. <laughs> Don't use this all the time. If you use it in a bike race, I don't, it's probably not going to do any damage. But if you use it to heal a wound, it's probably not going to do any damage. But don't sleep with pulsed electromagnetic fields until your body is done using fields for its own maturation. That's a serious warning. You get that wrong before you mature. And it's not like you're going to be able to fix it later without a whole lot of work. So do yourself a favor and set yourself up for success because you got a lot of years coming. That said, man, Although I would say, I would stuff. say, Dave, though, that you know, if you have ADD or ADHD, if a child has eight, those yeah. conditions or a seizure disorder or um, autism, then it may be useful to do it for an hour to two hours a day. It's a fair point. If you have a condition that is big, that looks at what is a relatively small risk overall, we just we don't know for sure. I, I would do that if uh, if my kids had had those conditions. Certainly, I'd look at that because there's a major mitochondrial ATP production issue in your brain when you have any of those conditions. And I certainly have overcome my own ADD as well as even a lot of the symptoms of Asperger's syndrome that I enjoyed until my mid-20s. So, yeah, I didn't use electrical magnetic fields for that, but... Um, I, I really would say, you know, look at the severity of the condition and, and make the decision here, but just don't go out and use it all willy-nilly because it's cooler because it's going to improve performance. That's not the right use for this. If you use it therapeutically, different animal. I, I get you there. And by the way, it's also very effective in animals. Yep. Um, I, I noticed uh, when, I, uh, when I was using mine that uh, it's got a whole thing there about how to wrap it so you can put it on a horse and the funny thing is the laser that I have, the healing laser, I, I have had this thing for more than 10 years and it was used first on racehorses, you know, the most valuable animals on earth. You get a lot of amazing tech out of the racehorse industry that applies to humans. And then from there, NFL quarterbacks and special forces guys and things like that. And now, you know, 10, 15 years later, 
laser therapy is now oftentimes at your chiropractor office. Like it entered the mainstream, but it took more than a decade. So Correct. you're using this on animals early now. There's a good chance that we'll see these devices much more commonly deployed down the road. But for now, it, man, it's uh, it's well, unusual. Well, if, awesome. if you own one, share it with your pets. I have a Westie with Lyme disease, and she's gimpy. She has uh-huh. trouble jumping up on the couch. Uh, when my wife is sitting there using it for her back or her hip or whatever, the Westie likes to sit next to her or also will try to bump her away from it so she could use it. All right. I've got a bulletproof dachshund. We, we put him on the bulletproof diet and he lost a bunch of weight and he's like happy and doesn't have food cravings and wags his tail all the time. Uh, but he just had a benign uh, tumor removed from his foot. So I'm going to go uh, use the soma pulse on his foot and see what happens. He'll heal much faster. All right. Great idea. I hadn't thought of that. Well, well Bill, we're, we're running out of time on the podcast. It, it's it's fascinating and awesome to get to talk to someone who both has a, phys- a physician medical background like you do and is using things from the realm of biohacking technologies like external devices that are influencing the field in your cells to create more ATP. It's awesome and it's noticeable. Like one of the bars for me, if you do it and it's supposed to help you in 10 years but you can't feel a thing, okay, I, maybe it's going to help you in 10 years. Science may be out on that but this is one of those things where you notice it immediately and that's yeah. that's a high bar and you totally passed it with the soma pulse i'm i'm actually quite impressed now there's a question that i ask everyone who comes on the podcast and i ask it at the end of the podcast because we're coming up on our 45 minute limit not counting electrical magnetic fields or you know, maybe counting them but not exclusively in that domain what are your top three recommendations for performing better in all aspects of life so Every bit of wisdom and knowledge you've accumulated in your life, three most important things people should know if they want to kick more ass. Number one, get adequate rest. Number two, really look carefully at your diet. Right? And number three, obviously don't put toxic substances in your body. Oh, man, you just stole the Bulletproof Diet right there. No. <laughs> Great. But just, so, so therefore, we're in agreement. That yeah, means that yeah. there's... There's some commonality, common knowledge to this. It's it's not rocket science, right? Yeah, and, and you spend a lot of time treating people and, and working on technologies. You get those things right, everything else is easier. So I, I love the, the brevity and, and clarity of that list, and it, it's exactly right. Well, and I usually tell people, although hackers may not want to hear this, don't jump out of airplanes. <laughs> yeah, uh, who was it? It was... Uh... William Davis, I, I think it was, uh, had a list of, of things to do to live a long time. And one of his was, and you know, he's an ER doctor as well. One of his was, don't fly airplanes unless you're a professional pilot. <laughs> he, he had enough, enough clients over the years crash their planes into you know, small planes. The susceptibility, the, yeah. per, the potential for a crash is substantial. Yeah. So one of the, Not to mention that you may not have insurance when you land. Exactly. Like one of the, the least... Uh, uh, one of the least biological ways of living a long time. It was just kind of a funny answer. But yeah, jumping out of airplanes is a good piece of advice too. I buy that one. Well, Bill, this has been awesome. Will you tell people one more time where they can get more info about your research and about the Soma Pulse and the code that gets them $400 off? There's two websites. Uh, the somapulse.com website is where you do the coupon code, and you there's lots of information on the Soma Pulse itself. And that's S- S-O-M-A, S as in Sam, O-M as in Mary, A, SomaPulse.com. The website that has a lot of information about magnetic fields in general is drpollock.com. That's D-R-P-A-W, 
L-U-K.com. We'll put links to those in the show notes. And the coupon code that saves you $400, if you want to try this, that's only for Bulletproof Executive listeners or people watching this on YouTube, is BPE. Bill, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, The Bulletproof podcast now gets heard by more than a quarter million people every week. And it's reached the number one status on iTunes in the health category just this last month. So thanks for congratulations. Uh, well, thanks for joining us and helping it to be an awesome, an awesome show. You've offered a, a ton of information here that I think most people just haven't heard about. And the science you're talking about really passes the the bulletproof bar from my perspective. I just don't know why it isn't more widely available. So let's you know let's hope a lot of people hear this and share it with their friends and like it on on iTunes so people can just understand these fields have a biological effect and there's tools that help, but they can also be harmful if they're applied randomly from your wireless devices. So it's been awesome to hear from you know a healer and a physician and a biohacker like you who spent your whole career doing this. So kudos and thank you. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's still, the journey is halfway over, I would guess. <laughs> I love it. We will talk again. Thank you. Have a great day. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.